so I cleaned my couch. Good. Hey, trying to say something about my couch? No, I'm saying that's a good thing to do. Cleaning um, anything in this time is a good thing to do. Yes, I, I'm cleaning everything one piece at a time. Excellent. Like the Johnny Cash song. Yeah. But the thing is, the back cushions, like you can just unzip the covers and throw them in the washing machine. So yeah. that's what I was doing all afternoon. But the seat covers, you can't. And so I was just scrubbing it with OxyClean and water very gently like Cinderella. Because <laughs> that's <laughs> really the only way to clean the couch, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah. The other day I went through my bathroom cabinet, like the end of the sink cabinet. Yeah. And I threw away so much stuff. Half of the entire cabinet is empty. Oh, wow. Like, so now I just put a laundry basket in there. Yeah. Just <laughs> so now it's just laundry place. Yeah. You got to. F- well, and you got to fill the space. Yeah. So the hardest thing that's happened since everything like has, has been going on is that, you know, that big box I had in my room that was like for a guitar. Mm-hmm. I moved that into my closet and my laundry basket out where the guitar box was so that the cardboard wouldn't get weak from the sun. Mm hmm. And that means that now I throw my laundry on the other side of the desk. Uh-huh. And that has honestly been the hardest adjustment I've had in like three weeks. That it's makes just so much trying sense. Because it's like, it's very sliding doors. It's like everything is the same, but the laundry is on the right. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to calibrate. <laughs> uh, everything has just been recalibrating. Yeah. Recalibration nation. Hmm. Recalculating. My name is Heidi, and I'm going to be moving to Durham, New Hampshire, or Dover, or something. And I'm Rory, and I'm going to be moving to Boston, Massachusetts. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about the ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead. So let's just get this out there. Uh, This is a problematic fave. Yes. And, and that's okay. And that's okay. And also it is okay if you are like, I cannot believe they like this play. <laughs> that's our preface for Merchant of Venice by William Shakespeare. Hey. Turns out 400 years ago, people sucked too. Willie Shakes. Wilsif. <laughs> Wilsifer. Mm. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Wilsifer is a little bit, little bit anti-Semitic. A <laughs> lot of bit anti-Semitic. It kind of goes with the play a little bit. Anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah, Wilsifer? Yeah. Well, Wilsifer Shakespeare was uh, yeah. quite a man. I was also thinking of Wilbur a little bit oh, instead of it. Lucifer. <laughs> and I don't know why it came out Wilsifer. No. It's because Will Wilbur doesn't sound as good to me. Yes. Well, Wilsifer Shakespeare is perfect. Yeah, I like that. Name. So... Merchant of Venice, uh, or Shylock the Jew, who scams Antonio and Bassanio, uh-huh. who is a dum dum. Yes. And then there's oh some. God. Then there's some girls who are like, "We're gonna play a trick." <laughs> I love the girls in most Shakespeare. Yeah, I I really do. <laughs> They're doing the Lord's work. Yeah, really, especially for it being like a man wrote this. Yeah. 400 years ago yeah well i think it's really (laughs) interesting too that shakespeare gives a like a lot of the knowing that knowing that like all of the female roles were played by young guys yeah that shakespeare gives a lot of like the most fun roles to the young cast members and like the older ones just kind of have to yeah it's like well you had your turn having fun you had your fun Mm -hmm. it's their turn now 
Yeah. Oh, man. Any of the female roles in this play are, is one that I would be like, let me try it. Yeah. Even Jessica, who. Yeah. Okay. Jessica has a serious case of the Tiffany problem. Yeah. And I love it. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Every time I hear the name, I'm just like. <laughs> so if you're unfamiliar, the Tiffany problem is is about the name Tiffany, not a person named yes. Tiffany. The Tiffany problem is not the fact that Tiffany gets credit for the song I Think We're Alone Now when she, in fact, mm-hmm. only did a cover of it. Yes. But no, the Tiffany problem is when something is, like, too realistic for fiction. So the Tiffany problem comes from the name Theophania or Theophania. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nickname was Tiffany. But the name sounds so modern that you can't use a character named Tiffany in a historical novel, mm-hmm. even though it would be period accurate because it feels too contemporary. Yeah. And Jessica is another name that falls very deep into the Tiffany problem. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, Jessica. It's Jessica. Like, <laughs> it's like Shylock, Antonio, Jessica. Launcelot. What? Launcelot. <laughs> Launcelot and... Jessica. <laughs> this is Lorenzo, Jessica's lover. <laughs> and it's like, what? What? Why? <laughs> Which, uh, you know, I love I love instances of the Tiffany problem. Yeah. They're my favorite. Yeah, no. It's an it's an interesting problem to have and I enjoy it. Yeah. Just as a concept. Yeah. I also enjoy like how many names are biblical yeah (laughs) like just in general and then like someone will use a name that sounds really modern to our ears and it's like the name's in the bible yeah it's a bible name like um elizabeth Uh where it's like you can't have an elizabeth in like 500 a.d and it's like you can and you should yes (laughs) because it's period accurate yes um and then of course there's also the other type of tiffany problem when you have a name that sounds so old it's weird yeah like if you're going to do a modern novel where a character's name is Lancelot, you're going to have to explain yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a lot. <laughs> like, I feel like Hermione yeah. has a case of the Tiffany problem, like the reverse Tiffany yeah. problem. Reverse Tiffany. Where it's like, ah. And you can tell because she had to put a pronunciation guide into the novel itself. Yeah. Hermanemone? Hermione. Hermanemone? <laughs> Victor Crumb. I always picture him as like a really uh, buff Nemo. (laughs) Like his personality. (laughs) Like Victor Crumb is the original himbo. Little Crumb. (laughs) So a himbo, for anyone wondering, is kind and buff and stupid. So kind and buff is a hunk. Kind and stupid is a good guy. Yeah stupid and buff is a muscle head or a meathead uh-huh. kind and stupid and buff is a himbo oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah so victor crumb is definitely a himbo uh oh clearly bassanio con- almost <laughs> very close very close like he does pick the right box good for him yeah but also like it's not that hard of a riddle yeah it's not that (laughs) difficult it's like eh, i feel like maybe just the people before you weren't doing their best they weren't they were maybe their best wasn't good enough they weren't thinking like a dad they were thinking like a lover yeah ew yeah (laughs) and it's like how would a father set up these boxes not 
how would I set up these boxes to charm this girl? It's like, yeah. so in Merchant of Venice, Bassanio takes out a loan from Antonio, who takes out a loan from Shylock, mm-hmm. so that Bassanio can marry Portia mm-hmm. because he doesn't have enough money to flirt with her, whatever. But Portia can't actually accept anyone's hand in marriage because her dead dad put her picture in one of three boxes, one of which is covered in gold, one of which is covered in silver, one of which is covered in lead. That's what we're talking about, the box yeah. thing. It's not that, uh, the pictures in the lead one. Surprise. Yeah. Uh. Duh. <laughs> uh, duh. <laughs> uh, duh. And, yeah, it's not that hard. So, anyway, Shylock makes Antonio promise a pound of his own flesh if he doesn't pay back the debt. And then he can't because all of his boats get shipwrecked. So they think, and then it turns out they didn't get shipwrecked. And so... Problem is, Shylock is not willing to just have the debt paid back in money because Portia, Bassanio's now fiance, very quickly wife, is like, mm-hmm. "Oh, well, we'll just pay him, like three thousand. Why don't we give him six thousand? Make him leave us alone." They're like, "That might work," and she's like, "Take nine thousand just in case. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work." And then, <laughs> and then she's like, after they leave, she's like, "That might not work." <laughs> Jessica, on a scale of one to ten, how screwed are we? And Jessica's like. Uh, 11. <laughs> and Portia's like, Naressa, how you feel about drag? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the amount of times that male, male actors playing female characters who dress up as males mm-hmm. in Shakespeare. It's just quite excellent. Mm-hmm. Like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> If I ever get a chance to do Beauty and the Beast again, I'm going to put Lumiere in a feather skirt in one of the scenes just as, like, spying on Bella the Beast. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. Because what we need is another lady playing Lumiere who's, like, pantsing a role wearing a skirt. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, and all the Shakespeare ladies... All the Shakespeare ladies, all the Shakespeare ladies, all the Shakespeare ladies, all the Shakespeare ladies. If you like it, you shouldn't take off the ring that she put on it. So the boys, this is one of those scenes where I'm like, live theater, really? This is the director's call and Uh not the writer's. Because there's a section where Portia and Naressa have given their husbands, because Naressa marries Bassanio's servant. It's like... The masters and the servants all hook up. It's cute. But it's so cute. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. Adorable. But the girls give the men rings. Like, Mm -hmm. it is what it sounds like. And then while they're disguised as this lawyer and his clerk, they're like, let's see if we can wrangle the rings out of our husbands. Like, let's see if we can trick them into giving them to us, thinking that they've given them away to someone else. And then let's... uh, Really just drag him for it if we can succeed. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh my gosh. (laughs) How you play this changes completely whether this is like hilarious or super bitchy. Yeah. Oh, I kind of like it as hilarious. I love it as hilarious. I love it as like they're totally just play like pulling these guys legs. They're totally just like messing with them. Yeah. Like. Like, well, I don't care. <laughs> like, I'm never exactly. going to sleep with you again because you gave away the ring. <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> oh, no, oh, no, oh, no, I had no idea. I told you it was important to me. <laughs> like, that's that's mean. 
but like in a good way. Yeah. Also, but like in a funny way. <laughs> yeah. Also, Dum Dum like borrowed money from someone who had to borrow money from Shylock. Yeah. <laughs> Just that. Also, can you imagine now being like, "Hello, yes. Um, I would like to take out a loan. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what for? Uh, I need to flirt with this lady. I need to <laughs> convince someone that I'm capable of being a sugar daddy." <laughs> I'm actually convinced somebody has done that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. People have. T- it's called flexing. <laughs> but can you imagine going into the bank and then being like, yeah, so based on your credit score, uh, the only thing that we can hold in security is that uh, we can dissect you if, if you don't <laughs> pay. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> I kind of like that. I kind of like that for yeah. I mean, loan payments. It's like a of this type. It's like a very high, like high stakes pawn shop. Yeah. Like instead of we can take your stuff, it's like well we can take you. We can take your flesh. Yeah, pound of it. And how Portia gets the guys out of that problem because <laughs> it is of course Portia who rescues the of boys. Of course. Oh. As it should be. Yeah. Uh, is too good. So just read the dang play. Also, the name Portia, though yeah. spelt differently, like how it's spelt makes it sound more pe- like more period. But it, when you're just saying it, it yeah. sounds like yeah. very contemporary. Yeah, Portia sounds yeah. more period, but um, no, Portia. No. <laughs> and like Antonio is one of those names where, because unfortunately we know an Antonio is going to always sound super modern. Yeah. Because like I know Antonios. Yeah. So it's not like. Although that's one that's easier for me to be like. Okay, I get it. <laughs> it's just been around for so long yeah. that it's a little easier because it's like, yeah, yeah, that's one of them evergreen names, like, yeah. uh, like, uh, like uh, William. Yeah, where you're like, yeah, yeah. okay, yeah, okay, kind of like like Elizabeth a little bit too yeah. for me. Like William the Conqueror, William the Accountant, yeah. William in HR, <laughs> <laughs> William in HR. <laughs> Does it matter? <laughs> William the Pirate. Yeah. William, the pirate's son, who's also a pirate. Like, doesn't really matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Merchant of Venice, super anti-Semitic yeah. in a lot of ways, which is why we're not really quoting much of it. Yeah. <laughs> but also has some great, really good lines, and, mm-hmm. and also is a really good play. Um, but it is a product of its time. Yes, of course. And that must be taken into account when reading Shakespeare's. <laughs> that must be taken into account when reading anything. Yes, anything. And including things written like, say, pre-2016. Yeah. <laughs> um, while we're finding what quotes we might want to read, there has been, there has been, excuse me, um, some really interesting problems that uh, writers are coming up against who are, like, about to publish. So mm-hmm. Hank Green actually did a whole video about how he had to do some editing in his book because it came both close to and not at all close to what happened with COVID. Mm. So it's like there were things on the back flap where like he wrote a sentence that was intended to mean like what we give up to billionaires because we want what they have. Yeah. And it was like about giving up certain freedoms. And then he's like, uh, that doesn't play (laughs) the same way now that we're all staying at home voluntarily ish. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is kind of a, a slightly, um, current quote that kind of goes with the times now 
Um, when shall we laugh? Say when. You grow exceedingly strange. Must it be so? If it will feed nothing else, it will feed my revenge. <laughs> oh, happy torment when my torturer doth teach me answers for deliverance. This this might be my favorite Shylock quote, and I think it actually does get to a lot of, like, tensions that have always existed between groups, mm-hmm. is that, like, it is a deep injustice, and it is also unfair to be like, we're going to be unjust to you, and if you call us out on it, we're going to be like, you're too... You're upsetting the peace. Like, ugh. You're upsetting the peace? So this is Shylock's line where I'm like, this is why we treat people like people and don't treat people bad. Yeah. Thou calledst me a dog before thou hadst a cause, but since I am a dog, beware my fangs. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. That's, no, that's, not, that's not great. A goodly apple rotten at the heart. Oh, what a goodly outside falsehood hath. Thyself shalt see the act, for as thou urgest justice, be assured thou shalt have justice more than thou desirest. I love that. Yeah. Because I, f- I love that line particularly because of the line in Till We Have Faces where uh-huh. it's, are the gods not just? Yeah. Let's certainly <laughs> hope not. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true, without any slips of prolixity or crossing the plain highway of talk that the good antonio the honest antonio oh that that i had a title good enough to keep his name company i like that bassanio and antonio have such a good bromance in this in this play Mm. Mm -hmm. like really really lovely very (laughs) yeah well and portia's like any friends of my husband's a friend of mine but like i'm still totally gonna screw with you guys (laughs) It's Kyla. That's all it is. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. So it's kind of weird that we chose a problematic play, but like, eh, we do whatever we want. Also, yeah. it brings us to like the concept, <laughs> which is a big thing to cover instead of a movie, but yeah. like the idea of live theater and particularly like filmed versions of live theater, but just live mm-hmm. theater in general because of the like the level of interpretation that goes into the text yeah and so the particular show we're going to talk about the most as like bringing this up Mm -hmm. in part because it's available and you can watch it in part because we both know it really well is legally blonde yeah i was also in legally blonde recently yeah (laughs) yeah and i've watched that that show like multiple times (laughs) like both the movie and the like musical on youtube multiple times <laughs> i have seen the youtube one i think once mm-hmm. but i have also seen a live version that was very different and then of course i saw your guys mm-hmm. version and i've seen the film multiple times and there's other of course there's always going to be other shows that also work um, yeah. there's a few others that work like that but it's always interesting to compare either plays that have a movie or like plays that have an established film version like yeah. the broadway version or whatever um like, if the writer didn't close a door to you for, like, a headcanon, <laughs> you kind of can't do anything about it as the writer. Uh-huh. Like, if a director decides to do something with your text that you didn't anticipate and you didn't anticipate it, yeah. guess what? They can do that. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so good. <laughs> love it so much. It makes so many good things. Like, so many both very obvious choices and, mm-hmm. like, headcanon choices. 
that kind of drive other like other scenes and actions and stuff. It's very good. Yeah, uh, Minority Emmett is so much more interesting than mm-hmm. White Boy Discount Warner Emmett. Yeah, which the film doesn't really do that. Like Legally yeah. Blonde, the movie, because Emmett's older, so it feels yeah. like oh, he's older. Like Elle doesn't immediately see him as you know in her sphere yeah dating sphere yeah um the stage play it reads much more like he's a he's discount warner she's not really and the plot is more like she's still really pursuing warner the whole time yeah really actively and then i've seen two different versions uh both the one you were in and then the one that they did uh at Marion stage where uh-huh. emmett was played by someone who was darker so Marion stage it was a black guy and then um your guys it was i can't remember what it, it he's brown of some sort yes <laughs> but i think he's like mixed yeah pacific it's, islander. it's hawaii <laughs> yeah he's mixed pacific islander yeah um but it really changes because uh, the stage play has like that emmett comes from like a really bad background and like yeah. a really rough family background and it really changes the tone of it when he's not like trailer trash yeah <laughs> um and and he's more like from the projects there's yeah. there's really cool like fascinating <laughs> fascinating <laughs> well yeah how are we gonna deal with that oh yeah yeah i thought your guys's version handled like uh enid really well mm-hmm. just <laughs> if you've seen the film legally blonde the lesbian yes yeah the anarchist lesbian of course <laughs> so the kids play couldn't necessarily just have her be out because children I mean, mm-hmm. she totally was, but... Yeah. Yeah, but the scene, like, where they talk about it um, was, like, basically cut because of other things in the scene mm-hmm. and, like, how <laughs> like how they got to that point. So, um, like, in the full version, it's, it's, like, mentioned very specifically because they're talking about, like, the cases and all mm-hmm. of that. And, like what would you do in this case or what would you do in this case? Yeah. And she's, tr- he's trying to get like kind of push their buttons and make them think yeah, like differently than they usually would um, by giving them like either cases that seem really difficult, but that are actually super easy, just morally kind of, eh. yeah. <laughs> and then like, like moral thing- ambiguity. Yeah. Yeah. And then things that'll like kind of push their buttons a little bit and like, Mm-hmm. get them to explode a little bit mm-hmm. um but he can't like the subject matter which that was like which was used to do that couldn't necessarily be portrayed in the junior though i wish it was yeah um, well yeah. juniors really do have to juniors have to cater to the youngest member of the audience yeah. as far as appropriateness which is like a five-year-old yeah so yeah 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 <laughs> and in theater, there's also, like, things that you can't do that you can do in a movie because it strikes people very differently when it's a yeah. real person in front of them. Yeah. Like, y- you don't even need blood to make something really gory, quote-unquote, yeah. in live theater because it's someone there. Yeah. Um, so I saw a a stage version of Macbeth that um, was spectacular. couple things. One, Macduff was black. Mm. And... Uh, and so that was interesting. I'm sorry, right. either Macduff was black or his daughter and his wife were. Okay. I can't remember whether he was right. or not. Um, but what they did 
with the daughter is one, the daughter fought back like Uh in the killing scene, but the wife who was pregnant, they had the, uh, the killers stabbed down into her stomach and she's still screaming. And then they have to stab her again to get her to be quiet. And it was so much worse. Ah. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's also the version where they had Duncan played by a woman with a, by a woman Uh with a pretty severe, um, like, disability related to like her her skeleton like i don't know which one but it was like a skeletal uh disability and so she like walked with a limp and had like a you know looked like a really bad case of scoliosis but it was probably something much more detailed than that Uh but it was like you killed a disabled woman (laughs) in her sleep (laughs) like it really makes Macbeth out to be a much worse guy (laughs) yeah like you killed and that's all portrayal maybe that's <laughs> like, all casting baby. yeah yeah casting can have like a huge effect on the entire message yeah. as well yeah because you can really make merchant more or less racist you can make yeah. legally blonde more or less racist yeah. um you can most shows that like we've done together like you're aware every year of trying to pick the show and being like we can't do that i won't play in hawaii yeah like every year someone suggests hairspray and we're like no we can't (laughs) we can't get enough people who look to be distinctly one ethnicity yeah Yeah, there's too many (laughs) there's there is no majority yeah (laughs) we can't do this play yeah um or you know when we did oliver and fagan was a girl it's like yeah the lines are the same, but this reads really different. Yeah. This reads really, really different when it's like the mom selling out her daughter with like the think of Bill. Yeah. Instead of like creepy man selling out one of his many whores. Yeah. <laughs> like one of several. <laughs> out of several. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, Nancy's the one that needs to go today. Yeah. It's like, well, uh, that's it's how it goes. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. That's it's just, just how, how it goes. goes. Um, and so there's a lot, like, there's so many things like that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Annie reads very differently when Warbucks doesn't particularly like Annie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the other way around as well. When it's like, when it's like, you you, you play the cards you've been dealt. (laughs) But Annie, I love you. (laughs) I love you. Oh. It um, it reminds me a little bit of, like, I mean, we've done several shows, but, like, <laughs> the really weird thing when I was in Ruthless with Dale and Lena is that I don't look anything like Lena. <laughs> <laughs> like, you could not pay someone enough to say that Lena and I look related. Yeah. But Dale and I look super related. Yeah. And so it was, like, a lot of Lena being, like... There was, like, this weird undercurrent of, like, is she the adopted one? Because, <laughs> like, the granddaughter and the grandma totally look alike. But, yeah. like, what is going on with Ginger? <laughs> what is... What's, what's she up to? What's happening there? What's her deal? <laughs> it's, it's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Um, And, I mean, that happens every dang show. Yeah. Or, like... Just the relatedness is yeah, <laughs> thrown yeah. off. And that happens in professional companies, too, where you yeah. have people that like don't look like the original broadway or the original film character or the yeah. original whatever was envisioned um and that can totally change how the play yeah. reads um cat on a hot tin roof 
you've mm-hmm. heard me say this, but I want to say it on the podcast. Yeah. It's so cool. Um, I saw the very first time that a professional company cast a woman of color as Maggie and Cat in a Hot Tin Roof. And they cast uh, a Chinese American woman. And they cast, <laughs> yeah. So they actually did two things that were like, from a casting perspective, this very much changes the read of the story, Cat on a right. Hot Tin Roof. They cast her husband as Brick. Mm-hmm. So they are actually married. And because she's Chinese American, um, and it turns out that there has, like, for a long time, there was a really small but very present community in, like, Louisiana and, and mm-hmm. such of Chinese Americans, um, much longer than, you know, I was aware of until I was reading the program at this play, mm-hmm. that, for starters, Maggie doesn't have very many lines in Act 2. So she starts off as very, like, busy Asian housewife, just kind of talk, 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 talk mm-hmm. in Act 1, which reads, like, as a very specific type yeah. of, like, I'm going to fill the silence until you say something. Shut up. No one wants to hear you. <laughs> um, uh-huh. To Brick. But in the second act, when it's like the family arguing, like with daddy and everybody, and she's just sitting there giving Asian side eye to the audience <laughs> for all of act two. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's perfect. I'm just like, she's just giving straight up Asian mom side eye yeah. this entire act. Oh just my God. every time the brother says anything she's just mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like it just it it i can't believe i'm gonna say this completely ruins the elizabeth taylor performance for me <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> well it's not as interesting well yeah that's fair <laughs> i think that brings us to the most interesting point about live theater is that by saying it's not as interesting the idea is that, like, you always have this awareness that there is, like, an established version and you're also never obligated to it. And that is so much more fun. Yeah. Like, yeah, there are some things you kind of have to do, but, like, not really. Yeah. Which is fascinating. So oh, fun. I love that idea. Yeah. I love making things different by, I like, releases. Yeah. Kind of random changes love random changes i love textually justified changes yeah like you know nowhere in this play does it say this wait what yeah yeah no no <laughs> no or Don't just have to. you know who doesn't have that much chemistry uh through no fault of their own these people playing the romantic leads <laughs> so i'm just gonna make a romantic b track over here these people have chemistry chemistry they p- <laughs> when I was dating s- the guy who was playing many years ago, when I was mm-hmm. dating the guy who was playing model in Fiddler on the Roof, mm-hmm. they put me right across from him so that he could look past Seidel at his actual <laughs> girlfriend. <laughs> now that's using your resources, baby. Baby. <laughs> Three sided stage, baby. baby. <laughs> So it's oh like I don't know if I don't know if they thought about it or if it just worked out that way, but like I was staring right down the <laughs> barrel. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just like, this is very easy to me for me because I am playing the sister. So I can I am playing his sister. So yeah. I can just be happy for him. Yeah. And just smile and like get to look at my boyfriend. Yeah. This is fun. And he's like looking past the it was his first show, so, like, felt significantly older than him. Uh-huh. Now it's, like, 10 years age difference on stage. Who even cares? Yeah. But at the time, it felt like a big deal. So, like, looking straight past her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
excellent. That's also the show where, like, in a rehearsal, Perchick's hat got knocked off. Uh-huh. And so I, like, picked it up and gave it to the to the girlfriend because I'm like, nobody's going to remember to clean yeah. this up between acts. Yeah. And it, like, became a thing that <laughs> we had to do every single night. Oh <laughs> because it was like, a Jewish man's hat got knocked off. Like, his head is uncovered. Yeah. <gasps> yeah, and it was like this, yeah, it was suddenly this very big thing. And that's the joy of live when theater. When things like that happen as well. Yeah. <laughs> Just Th- excellent. Where, yes, where something happens accidentally in a rehearsal and suddenly it's canon. I'm acting. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh. Oh, it was so cute. You were so cute when you were small. But, uh. Uh, well, that's actually a good one for, like, a costuming example. So Camp yeah. Rock has a really established primary version because it started off as a movie. Yeah. So in the primary version, Caitlin's character is, like, just another camper. Yeah. But because, one, I am really tight with one of the guy, the guy who was playing Nick. He's my Hanai brother. Mm-hmm. And because they accidentally costumed all of us in purple, there was suddenly this vibe of, like, Caitlin is friends with Connect 3 and is only friends with Mitchie because she's dating one of the members <laughs> of Connect 3. Yeah. And so, like, the whole relationship sphere on stage was very different than it is yeah. in the film. It, like, shifted entirely. <laughs> and, and that was a costuming decision. Yeah. And that was a costuming decision not even, like, thought about. That just kind of happened. Yeah. (laughs) Just kind of worked out that way that it's like Connect 3 and also Caitlin is here too. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Um, Which is really like that is one of my favorite things about live theater is that you kind of just have to find textual justification. Yeah. And so whenever people ask me questions about like the plays I've written and like, how would you feel if someone did this? Like trying to get my, I don't know, get my goat up. I'm like, if I left room for it in the text. (laughs) Yeah. What do you then want me sure. to say? <laughs> what am I supposed to do here? That's why. So? I, yeah. <laughs> you know, there's room to read it this way. Did you mean it that way? No, but it was way too difficult to write out the room to me- read it that way. Yeah. Like, we have no way to read it any other way. Don't care enough. Yeah. Don't care. <laughs> Don't care. Won't care. Can't care. There's a, there's there's a character where, like, they're supposed to be a good guy, and somebody was like, you know, there's room to read this person as, like, kind of a bad guy. And I was like, didn't realize that till you say it, but I don't think I have a way to fix it. <laughs> nope. Oh, well. <laughs> tis what it is, as Shakespeare would say. Mm, yes. Alas, tis what it is. <laughs> Alas! <laughs> that is how Dost Cookie crumbles. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, quite. Music? Music. In another, like, how things can be different just based on how you do them. Mm-hmm. Fearless Records Punk Goes series. Punk Goes Places. <laughs> punk Goes Places do things. Take pictures. Take pictures. So if you're not familiar with Punk Goes, just type into any music engine, YouTube, whatever. Yes. Spotify, don't care. The phrase Punk Goes, and you'll get, like, 18 albums. Yeah. Punk has been to a lot of places. Punk has seen the world. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like it one of the best ones is like Punk Goes Pop for me. Oh, all Love the Punk that. Goes Pop yeah. are so good. Yeah. So good. <laughs> yeah. The best the best Punk Goes Pop song I think is uh the Cabs version of Disturbia. Mm-hmm. But it's it's so good it's almost not punk. Yeah. But some of them are like, oh my god. Oh my. Um, so the the conceit is yes it's covers 
by punk bands of songs outside of their genre. Yeah. That is the entire, like, conceit of, of this. And that's all you really need to know. It's excellent. Yeah. Like, that's the basis. Yeah. That's <laughs> that the should be enough for you to check it out. Yeah. Check it out. Some songs that I'm like, this is too good to ignore. Um, Envy on the Coasts All Along the Watchtower, which actually has a time mm. signature. Can you believe? Uh, Paint It Black as a oh. male-female duet. Yeah. Genius. Excellent. Caught up in you, but not sung like a creep. Oh, can you believe? Can can you believe? <laughs> can you believe? I think Punk Goes Pop Volume Two is my favorite of the Punk mm, Goes Pop. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Uh, Alisana's version of What Goes Around by Justin Timberlake. Oh. Oh my God. I think that's the al- oh and Ecstatic Lullabies Toxic. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Redefining. <laughs> Redefining the genre? Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I love covers, but I don't like replications. Like, yeah. I'm very uninterested in, like, I, too, can play this song. That, yeah. You know, and we've done, we did that whole uh, segment on Postmodern Jukebox. Yeah. Same idea, but punk. Exactly. What I need now is Postmodern Jukebox goes punk. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> How would they like get up? Just be oh, like, get down with a sickness. Get up. <laughs> oh, I'm down with a sickness. Oh, it's hard to it's hard to even oh. keep a straight face. What else? Where where else could punk? Could, where could, could punk go? Where, where, where could punk go now? I know where oh. punk needs to go. Broadway. Yes. Punk needs to go Broadway immediately. And if any of those cheater faces use songs from Godspell, Jesus Christ Superstar, oh. or Rent, I am going to kick <laughs> their butts because, oh, you figured out a way to make Rent punk? Oh, wow. Good work. I'm no, so no, surprised. No, I need a punk version of like Edelweiss. Yeah. Do not give me this crap. <laughs> Give me a punk version of um ooh ooh um shit oh just give me any song from Annie but mm. punk punk version of NYC yeah that with one. like good blast beats oh on and why that'd be perfect oh that'd be really really good oh. uh okay we're gonna do a speed round of punk goes Broadway oh no so here's <laughs> okay. here's the spe- here are the rules okay. One of us will name the show, and the mm-hmm. other one will name the song they want to hear punk. Okay. So you only have to think of a show right. or a song. Or a song from the show. So for show up, Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> um, and it is pop mm, punk, so there's, yeah. there's space. Yeah. <laughs> for the listeners, not for you. You know that. <laughs> I don't know why, mm-hmm. but um, either... The title song. Oh, my God. <laughs> Belle. <laughs> oh, no. Beauty and the Beast tale as old as time. <laughs> no, no, no. I meant, I meant Belle. T- I'm like, I meant the Belle. title song, like, yeah. the Angela Lansbury. <laughs> or Learn. Human Again. <laughs> oh, Human Again in, like, a minor key. Yeah. Punk. Oh. <laughs> I felt my stomach, like, How, I didn't know lift. I could feel more emotions from this song. Oh, man. And, like, do. the eight-part harmony. Icarus oh. the Owl could do an excellent version yes. of Human Again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, my turn. Ooh, okay. Um, Come From Away. <laughs> punk, for sh- punk song from Come From Away? Yeah. On the Edge. 
<laughs> Excellent. <laughs> On the edge of the world. Ugh, <laughs> oh, that one's really good. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, I'm like trying to think of classic. Yeah. You know, show tunes. Show tunes. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <laughs> uh, I know which song you should pick, but I'm keeping my mouth shut. Bombi Samba. <laughs> Perfect. <That's it>. Perfect. <laughs> what did you think? The Child Snatchers song. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Um, which I'm just w- going to knock this song out from Annie because this is my pick. So uh-huh. I'm going to knock Annie out of the running is Little Girls. Yes. <laughs> oh. Oh, I want that song so bad. Some flood, some flew, and if Oh, it's perfect. Okay. Oh. It's not Broadway, but Spies. Spies are forever? Yes. Ooh, that's a great, that's a good show. Mm-hmm. Um, pay Attention. <laughs> yeah. Like a, a really punk version of Pay Attention. Yeah. We found. Some of the songs have like a little bit too much rock and roll to yeah. them. So that's one of the ones that doesn't. Yeah. So I kind of want like a full punk version of Torture Tango. I kind of want a full <laughs> punk version of Spies Are Forever. Yeah. So <laughs> just let's just full punk. Yeah. Uh, full <laughs> punk interpretation of that show. Oh, excellent. Okay. So good. Bugsy Malone. <laughs> I've got two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is one of them bad guys? <laughs> no, surprisingly. Oh, good. Um, it's a little too easy. My name is Tallulah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Bugsy Malone. Oh, the title. Yeah. Oh, pretty much every title song's yeah. great. Like Sound of Music as performed by August Burns Red. Perfect. Yeah. Hills ain't going to be alive that much longer. <laughs> yeah. Just slowly getting. Oh, he's a sinner. <laughs> More like X. Yeah. <laughs> oh. The title song of Bugsy Malone as performed by X. Oh, that's perfect. All right. My turn. Or your turn. Oh. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Feel a couple more rounds for sure. Let's see. Shrek. <laughs> oh, Shrek. Okay. <laughs> Morning person. I like it. Because <laughs> I, I love the idea of like a really heavy distortion guitar doing the opening little. Good morning. Into the woods. <laughs> okay. Um scratch that lame is. Wait. <laughs> Giants in the sky. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> from into the woods. Okay. <laughs> I am curious about your lame is pick though. Okay. Um let's see. Castle on a cloud. <laughs> mm, mine is empty chairs at empty tables. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, that How can we make this worse? My number one question as a director. Yes. Do you remember in Oliver where we had the Faganites all wearing little red things. And so we accidentally covered the stage in blood for the ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Remember how we didn't think that through <laughs> at all <laughs> as a staff? And then we were like, it's thematically appropriate. I mean, so we it just works. left it. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty. <laughs> I mean, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ooh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's still your turn, so. Let's do, let's do two more. Two more. So, like, Kay. I choose one, and then you choose one. Perfect. So, I'll, I'll give you a show first. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> Legally Blonde. Oh, boy. <laughs> Chip on her shoulder. 
like, chip yeah. on your shoulder. Yeah. I almost said gay or European, but <laughs> chip on chip on your shoulder, I think, would be yeah, that'd just be good. so good. I like it. Especially if you had like a Robert Plant style singer. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, last show for you, Oliver. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I think Oompapa. Ooh, Punk Oompapa is very good. Mm-hmm. I very much enjoy that. Mm-hmm. Punk Who Will Buy would work really yeah. well. It might work too well. <laughs> like, it would, it, would be, it would be clean. Yeah. Uh, Oompapa is very good. The other one that I was thinking was uh, Bill Sykes, like a screamo version mm. of Bill Sykes. Yeah. You could, I mean, you could do so many things with that show. Like, like you could do a punk version of Oliver, no problem, because there's no harmony. Yeah. In the score. So just just, go for it. (laughs) Oh, Oh, man. Like, we don't need no education style of Be Back Soon. (laughs) Like, just very monotone. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be so nuts. Oh, my God. I love it. Rory, what's your wreck of the week? (laughs) Ah. My wreck of the week. Before we rewrite a show. <laughs> yeah. My wreck of the week. It, wreck of the week is um, Sammy Ray, the artist. Ooh, I general. love her. Yeah. I yeah. like her a lot. She's great. Um, I really like the Good Life EP. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. I mean, a lot of, like, all of her music is good. Like, the box and everything. But, yeah, that that is an excellent... Um, an excellent artist that I really like. I like it. Heidi, what is your wreck of the week? <coughs> Bad Food Bible by Dr. Aaron Carroll. Ooh. So it's really cool. It's um basically it's like, you know how nutrition science uh, exists but does not ever actually make it into the public consciousness and it's like every other year it's like, this is good for you, just kidding, you'll die. Yes, of course. Yeah. So it's basically he t- like looks at all of the studies and like ranks them and it's basically like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, don't worry about it so much. This is like how to eat well. And it's not that complicated. Yeah. So it's it's really, really good. And it's also like kind of a crash course on how to interpret the quality of the study that an article is based on. Uh-huh. So like, if you see that a study is based on this, you can disregard it entirely. <laughs> like, Excellent. Actually, really similar to, um, to uh, the... David Eagleton book. Mm, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Like similar tone. Yeah. So. Love that tone. <laughs> yeah. Science, but like assuming that you're not trying to read a textbook. Yeah. Like assuming that like you you are just interested in the subject and mm-hmm. they're talking about a subject that they love and yeah. kind of why they love it. Or like See this thing that I love? This is why I love it. It's so yeah. cool. That and like, I'm going to use this big word because there's kind of no other way to say it, but I'm not going to use these unnecessary yeah. big words that don't need to be here. Yeah. And I'm like, thank you. I'm immediately going to explain the big word. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, you know, I don't, I am reading this for fun. Yeah. I bought this at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I need you to lower your expectations of my knowledge of this field. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> my interest you got me. My my knowledge base, you might want to pull it back a bit. Yeah. Maybe way back. Maybe farther. May- go farther. <laughs> so Sally Ray and Bad Food Bible. Check them out. Well, you know, as they say, punk goes. Roll credits. Roll credits.
Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from EP It's Okay to Be Sad. This podcast is produced and edited by Heidi. Both Heidi and I do pre-production by reading and watching watching and listening to all of the things. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review on the podcast app or get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at spoilers underscore ahead underscore and we'd love to hear from you. Ooh, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> You're down with a sickness.